0: We'll be beginning a new sermon series today uh, entitled Back to School: Proverbs for Everyday Life. Uh, Proverbs for Every Day. Because God has truth for us, and we all need to go back to school sometimes and learn those great truths. In just a moment, I'm going to be reading uh, some selected passages from Proverbs. Uh, One of the verses, one of the passages you'll know well. You may have your Bibles open to Proverbs chapter 3. To begin, And before we do that, let's go into a time of prayer as we come into God's presence. Would you pray with me, please? Eternal Spirit, come among us and have your way to give us listening ears, ready to receive new truth or to be reminded of truths that we need to uh, have refreshed in our spirits. We come to you acknowledging today that your world is in uh, really bad shape. We are reminded the promises of Scripture that you keep watch over the nations, and during this time of tension between and among nations, we pray that you might be Lord of the cosmos and and superintend the history of humans in a way that would keep us safe, that you would give wisdom and strength to all of our leaders and especially bless military families and, and the military personnel, that you would comfort and keep them safe for law enforcement, for all first responders in these difficult days. And for our own country, God, we pray that we would come to a place of respecting each human being for each person's intrinsic worth and value, knowing that all are created by you and all are blessed with that, that value and that, that purpose in life. And help us, God, to always stand up against hatred. And in the name of Jesus to teach the way of love and to live that and help us to always proclaim and live that there is only one supreme race in this world, and that is the human race. We pray for uh, a love for all ethnicities and races and genders and nationalities that, that we might truly uh, live your kind of values in all of our relationships. We do pray today for the back-to-school journey that many are on, Students going back to universities and colleges. Teachers and faculty and staff going back uh, to the, the full rigorous schedule. And, and uh, for the students especially, and for those in new beginnings of kindergarten and first grade and middle school and high school and college, and we ask that you bless them with, a, with an open spirit to learn and to grow. And Lord, as always, children lead the way and show us so much about being open to the future and being willing to grow. We pray today that you will empower us through these words to live wisely and to live your will and to live well. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. From Proverbs Chapter 3, two passages, and then chapter 4, verse 18. If you're able, would you stand as God's Word is read and comes among us? Some ancient and powerful words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths." Do not be afraid of sudden panic or of the storm that strikes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence, and He will keep your foot from being caught. And then chapter 4, verse 18, But the path of the righteous is like the, dawn, like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. When I was in the third grade, I was so excited the day that I was chosen as the runner, I thought my turn would never come. I don't remember if it was alphabetical, but when your last name starts with S, it just seems like it takes forever to get to you. And so I was really excited that I got to be the one to go down to the basement level where the cafeteria was at the school and get that tray full of milk cartons to bring up for afternoon break. And uh, I was so excited, in fact, that I was coming up the steps and I missed the top step. And the milk cartons just went everywhere. And a fourth grade teacher, whose classroom was the nearest, came out and helped me. She was not the warmest, fuzziest person I'd ever met. (laughs) I avoided her the next year. Uh, And as she was helping me, she mumbled this phrase, Haste makes waste. And... I didn't understand, you know, I was just a little kid. Talked to my parents about it later that evening, and they were explaining, well, that's a proverb. That's a way of saying something in a short, compact way that expresses a truth that everybody, can, everybody gets and everybody can understand and remember in a simple way. Haste makes waste. We have a lot of man-made proverbs. Uh, haste makes waste. A penny saved is a... Yeah. Uh, Cleanliness is next to, a lot of people think that's in the Bible, it's not. My mom always thought it should be, but it never was. Or how about this one, one good turn, or my version, one good turn will get you the covers. I don't know if that, that, uh. but you get the idea. By the way, uh, the biblical Proverbs The collection that we have in the book of Proverbs, those compact, pithy truths that are stated in a memorable way, sort of condensing down some universal truth, somebody has said that the book of Proverbs is the earliest version of Twitter, 140 characters or less less, tweeting some kind of communication. I don't think I want to go there this morning, okay? Talk about that, but it is sort of, you know, the early version of a quick, brisk form of communication. We live in the information age. Everybody knows that. Here's the deal. We have lots of information, but we don't have a lot of wisdom. Because wisdom is the ability to organize knowledge for useful purposes. Wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and use it in a way that is effective. We have lots of information, lots of education. Uh, Think of a fire hydrant. fire hydrant can produce a lot of water, but is it very easy to drink out of a fire hydrant? No, you need the water down into smaller pipes and into a spigot or some kind of uh, uh, faucet to where it can come in manageable doses. And so all of this knowledge is continually bombarding us. Think about your TV, your radio, your uh, apps, your devices on your phone or your iPad or uh, laptop or whatever. And just information coming at us. But how do you organize that in an effective way? And the book of Proverbs is about not knowledge but wisdom. God's wisdom to organize knowledge in a way that grows character grows community, and honors God. You're going to hear me say that a lot in this sermon series. That God's wisdom, the book of Proverbs, is about growing character, growing community, and honoring God. And what better place to begin than with this very powerful passage, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Now look at that again and think about it. In With, with how many ways are we to trust God with our heart? In all our ways. Not some, not most. With all your heart. And... In how many ways are we supposed to acknowledge God in all of our doings? Some or most? No. In all. A-A-L-L. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways acknowledge. See, here's the problem with our lives. We build compartments. In your heart, in your control center, there are compartments. There's a compartment for school, for home, for friends, for church, for hobbies, but that's not the way the Christian journey works. God says that we're to acknowledge him in all of those compartments. We practice what one theologian called years ago, the God of the gaps. We, we handle thing our, things ourselves, and then if we don't understand something or we can't control something, we call for God to help us in the gap. But once we get through that gap and we can control things, we ask God to kind of take a seat in the corner. He becomes the God of the gaps, when in reality, he's the Lord of every area of our lives. The uh, 20th century theologian Abraham Kuyper once said, the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that every inch of the cosmos belongs to him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that every inch of the cosmos belongs to him. And that includes every area of my life and every area of yours. And so that all, A-L-L, trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge him. That's the place to begin. But there's a phrase in here that always pushes back at us and our way of life. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. That's where we get in trouble. We trust in the Lord, but then we want to rely on our own insight. We want to rely on our own knowledge or our own strength. I want to tell you a story about that and how this passage uh, powerfully intersected my own personal life several years ago. Something over 20 years ago, Charles Foster and the pastor search committee of this congregation contacted me about the possibility of considering becoming pastor. I was pastor at First Baptist Church in Sedalia, Missouri. I was happy. Uh, we were, I felt like I was where God wanted me to be. We were uh, getting ready to break ground for a new Christian life center, a gymnasium, and, and a building that would connect three buildings into one. We'd been seven years raising money. We were close to breaking ground. Besides all of that, our son Joel was halfway through high school. We did not want to disrupt him. And so I politely said thank you, but no. But when Charles asked me with the authority of the committee to reconsider and to pray about it, this passage of Scripture in my morning prayers became so important as I prayed and prayed and prayed this verse the phrase that kept jumping out to me was the phrase, do not rely on your own understanding. Do not rely on your own sense of timing. Do not rely on your own insights. And see, God spoke to me through that. And the trick is, for me to learn to do that in everyday things and small things just like I did in big things. Now for you it might be the other way around. Maybe you don't have any trouble trusting God with the small things. But it's the big things or vice versa. But the trick is to learn to depend upon the Lord. Now why don't we trust the Lord? Why, why do we always default to leaning on our own understanding and own insights. Well, we're flawed, we're sinful creatures, we're proud. Our pride gets in the way. We want to manage things ourselves. We want to stay in charge. Uh, We want to call the shots. We want, we're proud. And then there is that overlayer of this American cultural thing of rugged individualism of self-reliance. I mean, we're taught from the time we're young to stand on our own, to be self-reliant. And in many respects, self-reliance is a natural human development. But taken too far, this self-reliance becomes a cultural thing that's so embedded in us that we can never get free to trust the Lord. We're always leaning on our understanding rather than God's. I heard a sermon once at a Baptist World Alliance meeting, uh, a woman who pastored a church in Italy... And she challenged, here she is preaching to Baptists from all over the world. And she challenged us. She said, look at salvation in a new way. Think about getting saved as not only uh, avoiding hell and going to heaven. She said, look at getting saved as being liberated, being set free from cultural standards. Look at salvation as being liberated from culture's controls and culture's way of seeing things. And maybe we all need to get liberated in the name of Jesus away from an excessive self-reliance that would lead us to trust the Lord. And why would we be afraid to trust the Lord? He's the one who can see around the corners. He's the one who can see the big picture. We can't. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, "We we see through a glass dimly the glass is opaque. Uh, we only understand in part. God understands all. Why can't we learn to trust God with our stuff? It's hard. I'm reminded uh, as I study and prepared, and prepared for this sermon series uh, that the book of Proverbs probably came together as, a, as, a, as we have it now. There were probably these loose Proverbs from the time of Solomon and, and early schools of leadership, but it came together as a book of Proverbs probably during the Babylonian captivity. You remember the Israelites disobeyed God so many times, uh, decade after decade, decade, that finally God allowed them to be overrun by the enemy, and the enemy literally picked them up, and carried the Israelites into a foreign land. And for 70 bitter years, they lived in captivity. And it's during that time we think that the Proverbs were collected and became a book. And can't you imagine as they wept and as they repented and as they struggled and as they put the book of Proverbs together, they probably sat around and thought, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Don't we wish we had read this verse earlier? Don't we wish we had listened? Why didn't somebody tell us this proverb? We could have avoided so many mistakes. Have you ever said that about your own life? Where was this verse? Why wasn't I listening to this verse before I made that, that bad choice in my life? You know the... Uh, Here's a riddle, not a proverb. Um, It goes like this. The question, how do I avoid mistakes? Answer, get wisdom. Question, how do I get wisdom? By making mistakes. We learn probably the, the deepest lessons, the toughest lessons through mistakes. But sometimes they stay with us. And... I also notice in verse 6 that, of chapter 3 that if we will acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make straight our paths, that there's the concept of a path or a journey or movement or progress. So I want to ask you a question to sort of launch this sermon series, Back to School Proverbs for Every Day. Are you better at trusting the Lord now than you were when you first came into the faith? Are you better at trusting the Lord? Is your dependence upon Him deeper than it used to be? Are you growing in your capacity to trust God with every area of your life? Or is it staying the same? Or has it sort of backslidden and you don't trust Him as much as you used to? See, it seems to me that if we've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time at all, there should have been some progress. We should be trusting God more than we used to trust Him. That's why I was uh, captured by this this final passage that I read in chapter 4, verse 18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn which shines brighter and brighter until full day. There's this, there's this image of walking a path, and the more you trust the Lord, the more the light shines, and the more the light shines, the better you can see the path, and with more confidence you walk, and it's like the light of dawn, and it just gets brighter, that there's, that there's this journey of progress, and more light in the Christian way. But why is, why is it that so many of us are stuck in the kindergarten of trust, when we've been a follower of Jesus long enough that we should be doing better. And I'm including myself. Why isn't there progress? I heard somebody say this summer, uh, someone from Chicago, not here, this person said, I know more about what my local gym requires of me than what my church requires of me. Talking about where his fitness center was, where his membership was in a local gym. I, I'm more clear about what my gym requires of me than what my church requires of me. And behind that statement I'm thinking, is there a clear expectation at First Baptist Church that we are to grow spiritually? That we are in to be, we're to be in God's word and praying faithfully, and growing through our struggles, not, grow, not growing more bitter, but growing closer to the Lord. Is there a clear expectation that growth spiritually is the norm, not the exception? See, I think it should be. And I think part of setting sail challenge that was put before us is that it will be in spiritual formation. And we do it because of Jesus, because the... Many, many centuries after the Proverbs came together, there was a man by the name of the Apostle Paul, and he penned these words to the Colossians. In Jesus Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In other words, Jesus is everything we need. In Jesus Christ, we will find wisdom. In a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we will find the depths of of how to organize knowledge in a way that grows character, grows community, and honors God. One of the things that started happening to me this summer in my uh, quiet time with the Lord is that God started leading me to pray in my own life for faith that would lead to deeper faith, for trust that would lead to deeper trust. And I'd never felt led to pray that before. And, and, I, and I think there is a part of the Christian journey that says we need to trust Him in a way that not only deals with stuff today, but actually leads to more trust muscle and to deeper trust. The orchestra played it this morning. We actually sang it for our response time last week. One of the, the hymns I was raised on in the Little Baptist Church in northwest Missouri Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him, o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. That's the goal, that God's grace would be received in such a way that we can trust Him more. More than today. More than our last crisis. More than our last struggle. Oh, for grace to trust Him more.